In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Join me, Dr. Karen Kambule, as we pursue the Word, the Lord Jesus, searching scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. Download and share with your friends and your family. Stay blessed. Hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We has given us this opportunity again to record an episode sharing the word, encouraging the saints. I greet you, beloved, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The title of this episode is No More Deception. You see, child of God, one of the things that pulls us back in life is the lies that keep playing in our heads. Though we do not see the devil in the naked eye, his activities are all over. You may go to sleep feeling all happy and you wake up angry and sad without even hearing any bad news. It can ruin the rest of your day. When you think about it, you cannot see where these feelings were triggered. You don't know what really brought this sad state that you are in. This year, let us do things differently. Let us decide up front that we are not going to be deceived by the enemy. We will not tolerate the lies of the enemy. Let us be intentional this year about your own peace, about your joy, about your happiness, about your life, about the things that happen in and around you. We have begun a year. Some have penned down thoughts and plans and look forward to having a great year ahead. You may start with a bang, all fired up and ready to achieve great things. But then a few months down the line, when you're asked how things are, some will not start by saying the positive plans, how far they've gone, perhaps towards the goal that had decided at the beginning of the year. You may have taken five steps forward and hit a snag and taken one step backwards, but then you end up focusing on that one step. Just one thing that has gone wrong in your life in that time, then it becomes or it defines the entire five months, six months that you have lived and achieved some great things where you have taken some few steps, positive things that have happened in your life. You are asked, how is business? Things are bad. As bad things are, you probably have made a sale or two, but that does not get your attention. We don't celebrate the small achievements. We want to start celebrating when we get a million rands. But the step towards the million rands is that 50,000. It is that 1,000 rand that you would have received in sales. We don't celebrate what we have. Our focus is on what we don't have, what we have lost, what troubles us, the challenges in our lives. Can't we just have a day, a year, years of celebrating, waking up and deciding to disregard all the negativity and just focusing on the positive. The Bible tells us that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He steals the message of God, like the seed that is planted by the wayside, which gets stolen by the birds of the air. You get up believing God for something good, and then you go to sleep hopeless and sad, because the enemy has stolen the word and planted his lies in your head, and you took them to heart. I remember reading um, the books of uh, Smith Wigglesworth. He tells a story of how one day he hurt himself whilst working. He went home and prayed, then thanked God for the healing. But then he went to bed, and then God woke him up and asked him, Why are you sleeping at this time? Didn't you say you are healed? Why are you not back at work if you are healed? Smith got up, realized that he was still in pain. He prayed again. He then stepped on the floor, and the pain brought him down. He repeated this, and had so much pain that he even collapsed. He kept repeating. He would pray, 
take steps, jumping really, and then collapse from the pain. He did this until he was healed. Then he took his toolbox and went to work. And his wife was so shocked to see him leave. You see, he had a choice to continue sleeping, feel pain, and perhaps be sick for months on end. Or he could get up and face the situation and decide that, you know what, I'm going to believe God and I'm going to take that step and I'm going to remain positive and focused on the healing. How many of us have given up? Not even halfway because of the situation had witnessed the opposite of what we are believing God for. Let's go to the word of God and see what the devil did right in the beginning. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 to 17, it reads, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. God said, every tree. He said, you may freely eat every tree that is there, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam got the memo and told his wife Eve, you have everything except one. You see, even today, you can have everything except this one. Some people are still stuck with other people's husbands, whilst God said you can't have him. Someone else's wife is still causing arguments, whilst God said you can't have her. You are still holding somebody else's money when God said you can't steal it, it's not yours. We argue on things that we were not given them in the first place. See the cunning serpent coming for the kill in the life of Eve, Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? No ways. Every tree, you devil. No, God said eat every tree but one. God did not deny Eve every tree, but just one tree. But the serpent made the one forbidden tree to sound like everything is forbidden. He brought sadness probably in the heart of Eve to say, God has not given us everything, confused the woman. It is just like a weight loss journey. Some people know that very well, including me. When you try to eat healthy, it feels and sounds like someone said don't eat at all. All the nice food. Like someone said, all the food you would eat tastes bad. Hunger is exaggerated to the point of making you desperate, as if you're going to die if you don't nibble on that chocolate slab, wanting more than you are allowed. And the enemy brings that lie in your head. The serpent ballooned the issue of one tree and confused Eve. She entertained the insinuations of the serpent, making it look like God is unfair putting them in the garden and telling them that they can't eat of every tree. And Eve responded. She tried to repeat what God said and failed. The serpent conned her right there on the words, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Eve had responded. The serpent saw that Eve was afraid of dying. How many people have sinned against God because they are afraid of dying? You go and do exactly what God said you should not do because the devil tells you, if you don't do it, you're going to die. Yet the Bible says to us, But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. So Jesus says, fear God. Because after he has killed, he has the power to cast you into hell, to eternal damnation. But because we are living in the now, at times we want to focus on getting this life and forget that there is life eternal and God is in charge of that. Fear of death has led people to the witch doctors and to other dark places. You try to save your life for a moment and then you lose it for eternity. Oh Lord help us. Genesis chapter 3 verse 4 to 5 says, 
you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That is the serpent now trying to negotiate with Eve or trying to deceive Eve, actually deceiving her. Firstly, the serpent said God had lied. You are not going to die. A serpent that has not created a single human being dared to speak lies against the creator, the creator who created that very serpent. Secondly, he gave a false hope that sin will not bring death to you. You can disobey God and you will live. That's the kind of lie the devil is trying to sell to people even today. The Bible tells us that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I'm sure we have surely sinned many times in our lives and did not die. So what's the big deal? The enemy comes and tells you. We were not out of luck like Ananias and Sapphira. They lied to the Holy Spirit and boom, they fell down dead. So if you sin today and you read the word that says you are surely going to die and you don't die, you might believe the deception of the enemy and continue sinning. So you think because you are alive now, then all is well. The Bible says, what will it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your life eternally? What will it profit you to gain your whole life today and die tomorrow of heart attack or car accident where you die on impact? No time to repent and you lose eternal life with God. The enemy lies daily to us, children of God. He wants you to believe that there are no consequences for sin. And you become so comfortable as you see yourself alive after sinning. It's not about this life, but about eternal life that we love and serve God. We want to be with God where he is. We want to be where God will be even tomorrow. Yes, God has given us tools to live by in this lifetime. But our eyes must be fixed on the life to come. And the enemy's intention, the enemy's goal is to take away that eternal life. The enemy wants to move you away from God. He gives false promises. He says to Eve, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. But wait a minute. Hadn't God already spoken in Genesis 1 that he made men in his own image? So what is this being like God that the serpent was bringing to the each eyes of Eve? Eve was already like God. She couldn't be God as there are many things that are solely God's and men cannot attain. But the serpent made it look like there was more in store for Eve. That thing that God didn't give them as if their lives were incomplete without the thing. Is there anything missing in your life, beloved? Never look for it anywhere else except in God. You see, when I read this story all over again, I imagined what the conversation would have been like if Adam and Eve had not eaten of that fruit. Probably they could have told God what the serpent said and that they didn't eat that fruit. And then perhaps go further and ask God what the serpent meant by the ways that he spoke to Eve. Asking God more about this. Imagine that conversation. Father, the enemy came and tried to lie to me. He said this and that. What does your word say? What do you mean, Father, when you say, if we eat of this thing, we're going to die? What is death? What does dying mean, Father? Oh, child of God, do not be deceived to this day and seek to take what God has not given you. If it is not your husband, don't take him. If it's not your money, don't take it. If the healing is not from God and is contrary to the word of God, don't take it. Jesus gave us a good example on how to deal with the devil. We are we read in the book of Matthew chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 3. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the son of God, 
command that the stones become bread. Now you can see the deception right there. If you are the son of God. You see, the tempter, the devil came to Jesus right after baptismal. Right after God had said to Jesus in the midst of the people, God spoke when Jesus Christ came out of the water after being baptized. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, the devil comes and asks if you are the son of God. What do you mean if I am the son of God? Didn't you hear God saying that this is my beloved son? Sometimes the enemy wants you to stop believing that you are a child of God. He wants to tell you that you are not loved by God. He wants to tell you that you are a sinner. You're no longer saved. He wants you to believe that God no longer loves you. He wants you to believe that you are no longer a successful person. He wants you to believe that you are not called of God. He wants you to believe that you are not who God says you are. Verse 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, the devil had told Jesus to turn the stone into bread. He knew that Jesus Christ was hungry. He knew that he needed food. He needed the bread. So he starts by challenging his um, perception of his relationship between himself and the Father. And Jesus does not even bother with that. If you know we are the Son of God, you're not bothered by the words, if you are the Son of God. If you know that you are saved, you are not bothered by the words, you are not saved. If you know that you are forgiven, you should not be bothered by the words that says, this sin is too much for God to forgive you. If you know you are called, it's not the time to entertain the thought that you are not. So Jesus Christ addressed the issue that the devil brought, the stones. Turn them to become bread. You are hungry, Jesus. And the Lord, understanding that there is a bigger assignment for him, he was not going to take an instruction from the devil. He was not going to let hunger to derail him, hunger to move him away from the purposes of God. He could not take the instructions from the enemy. But then he reminded the devil what God says in his word. Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Jesus Christ chose to look at what God says instead of what the enemy is saying. The instruction that Jesus Christ could take was only from God, not from the devil. Verse 5 says, Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Oh, the devil again, if you are the son of God. Of course I am the son of God. But in any case, that's not important for us to even argue about. So you know your position, Jesus. You're going to stand your ground. You know you're the son of God. Let's move on to the issue. Throw yourself down, for it is written. So, the devil wants Jesus Christ to try and test if the father loves him so much that he's going to rescue him. You see, the devil wants Jesus to give God an assignment. Father, do you love me enough? Father, are you going to save me? Father, are you going to heal me? Father, are you going to send help? Father, are you going to send the angel? Sometimes we go to God doubting him simply because of the words of the devil. God does not love you. God is not going to heal you. God is not going to give you that business. That door is not going to be open to you. Who are you? You are from a poor family. Your background is very bad. So you're not going to get these things. Run to God. Check his word. Jesus Christ said to him, verse 7, It is written again, You shall not tempt 
the Lord your God. So you, you're not going to throw yourself down so that God will send angels. You're not going to go into a den of lions deliberately. You're not going to go into a den of lions deliberately because you want to prove that God is going to save you like he did with Daniel. You're not going to go into a fire deliberately because you want to prove that you are probably Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No, no, no. You're not going to do that. You're not going to try to walk on water to prove a point because you see, we already know Jesus Christ is the son of God. He has already proven himself. There's no need for you to prove anything except to look at the word of God. And Jesus Christ answered, we're not going to tempt the Lord. We're not going to try to prove the love of God. There are bigger things that we need to deal with. People are sick out there. People are hungry out there. People are troubled out there. Why should we be playing games? Why should we be trying out God instead of going to God and say, Father, heal this person. We want to throw ourselves down, be hurt and say, Father, heal me. No ways. We're not going to be doing that. Verse 8. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I'll give you if you fall down and worship me. Verse 10, then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Praise the Lord. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Verse 11, Jesus Christ had no time to argue with the devil about the merits, the pros and cons of his statement. He did not want to enter into an argument. What did God say? No, what did he mean? No, what are you saying? No, no. When the devil tries to tell you something, know that there is an ulterior motive, even if he tells you the truth. Jesus Christ was capable of turning the stones into bread, but he was not going to do it at the behest of the devil. It was not a matter of whether or not Jesus can, but it was a matter of what does the word of the Lord God says. Is this a God instruction or is the devil trying to pump you up so that you can think you are more important than the rest of the people? Some of the gimmicks we see in the pulpit today is the people, the servants of God, trying to turn the stone into bread to prove a point to the devil. They do funny things for no good reason. Not because somebody has a need, but because you want to prove that God will send an angel and pick me up, lest I dash my foot against the stone. No ways. If you think you have the power of God to do some things, run to the hospital, lay hands on the sick. Go to the people that are hungry. Turn their stones into bread there. Let them eat. It was not about how hungry Jesus was or if hunger would kill him. It was about what the word of the Lord God says. You don't deal with the devil on technicalities of his statement, but on what the word of God says. Because you see, the word of the Lord God is living and powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword. Your word is not powerful. Your word cannot separate anything. Your word does not threaten anybody. Your word holds no water. It is the word of God. That is supposed to shut up the devil. Your circumstances could truly be telling you that you are indeed hungry. You are indeed broke. You are sick. The doctors are saying that the sick note is there. The report of the doctor is there. You are hurt. You have failed your exams. You have failed that job interview. Your marriage has failed. What does God say about that? You see, Goliath preached to Israel for many days, told them how useless they were. He told them how powerful he was. He made them to believe that none of the men of Israel were able to fight him and win. And they sat there listening to this man lie until they believed it. Not even one of the soldiers dared to come against Goliath. 
not even King Saul himself. But a young shepherd boy, praise the name of the Lord, went in and saw that commotion and did not even sit for that sermon of Goliath. He drew strength from his relationship with God. You see, the devil would have wanted David to focus on this fact. David, you are young. You are not a soldier. You are inexperienced in battle. You have no armor. None of the armor can fit you anyway. But you see, David chose to focus on God. He said in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 36 to 37, David said, Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Praise be to God. See, beloved, by your own strength, you cannot stand against Goliath. And Satan wants you to believe. You see, Saul, when he had disobeyed God twice and the spirit left him, he went after David trying to kill him and failed many times. The main issue with Saul was that he had believed that he was the youngest person from the smallest tribe. Therefore, he was incapable. He was a nobody in his own eyes. Satan made sure to remind him he was nothing before David. Hence, he tried to kill David many times. He was nothing before his troops in his mind. They would leave him if he did not please them. His view of issues were based on how he saw himself against the people. He elevated people more than God. The devil made him to believe that without the soldiers, he could not win the battle. When he was in his last days without prophet Samuel, he could not even hear the word of God and ended up seeking the word from a medium. The first king of Israel ended his kingship by depending on evil spirit. Do not be deceived this year, beloved. The devil has no healing to give you. Whatever he gives you, he takes away much more. The devil has no job to give you. If he gives you a job, you're going to pay the rest of your life. Your own joy, the rest of your life. Your own pride, the rest of your life. The devil has no peace for you. The devil has no money to give you. All things on this earth and heaven belongs to God. The cattle on a thousand hills belongs to God. The lilies of the valleys are clothed by God. The silver and the gold belongs to God. Don't take it from the devil. The devil is not in charge here. So John 8 verse 44 says about the devil. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and a father of earth. Even if he tries to make it look like he is elevating you, child of God, it's not worth your life in relationship with God. He wants you to believe that you'll be broke and remain broke unless you follow his instruction and turn the stone into bread. Pay the price. Bribe your way into your job and business. Sadly, we see these things even among servants of God. They begin to turn the stone into bread. They begin to buy power so that they can have bread in, on the table. They begin to lie on the pulpit and make the people of God to, to, to pledge and plant seeds through lies. There is a way and a pattern of getting an offering in the church. The congregation of God gives willingly. The people of God give willingly. But if you are a servant of God that, gonna, that is going to use lies, you are actually allowing the devil to deceive you, to tell you that this method is the best one. And you don't even see that you are actually lying before the people. He will make you think that this is the best solution. And it's actually filled with lies inside. Remind the devil that it is the Lord that will teach you how to make wealth. When he tells you that you are broke, your children are going to suffer. You're not going to be able to pay rent. You're not going to be able to pay your debts this month. 
tell him that the Lord will teach me. You tell him that the Lord is going to meet my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Tell him the same God that clothes the lilies of the valley better than the way Solomon was clothed even as a royal person. Remind him the same God is going to give me clothes. Remind him that the silver and the gold belongs to God. Do not entertain the thoughts of poverty, of lack and failure. God has a plan for you and his plan is good. It is not to harm you. It is to give you hope in a future. Tell the devil it is written. When he tells you lies that tomorrow is going to be bad, tell him I'm rising and shining for the glory of the Lord has come upon me. When he tells you that this sickness is going to kill you, tell him by his stripes I am healed. Let's not be deceived this year. Let's not be deceived even the years to come. When it does not sound good, when it does not feel good, when it does not sound like the word of God, when it doesn't give you peace, when it brings sadness in your life, go check what the word of the Lord God says. Find the scripture. Tell the devil it is written. You're not going to fail. You are going to succeed. You'll only fail when you believe what the devil tells you. Eve believed what the serpent told her and look at where we are today because of that one deception in that faithful day. Let's be smart this year, children of God. If you wake up and you have no peace, check a little bit. See where you lost it. Check if the enemy is telling you something. You wake up and you start fighting with your husband. Check what did he plant in the night. You wake up and you're fighting with your children for no good reason. Check what the enemy planted in the night. He tells you your children are useless. They are going to amount to nothing. Check what the enemy is planting. Tell him it is written. My children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. Whatever the devil tells you this year, whatever deception he brings upon your life, remind him it is written. And you can only know what is written if you read the word of God. If you meditate on his word, then you have all the right answers. This year, we are not going to be deceived. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Word Anchor Podcast. To get copies of my books, The Bride of Jesus, Dear Girl Child, Confessions of a Parent, Victorious Youth, and From the Pit to the Palace, go to Amazon.com. You can buy a hard copy or a Kindle edition. Remember to check out the show notes. Connect with me on social media platforms. Give feedback and continue to spread the word. Tune in for the next episode and make the Word of God your anchor.